Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 30th, 2020. It is the last day of this month that has flown by like nobody's business. And from last night, like I said, throwback Thursday, to today, it's just going pure insanity, pure insanity. So much is coming to light, and we see who's speaking of it. Uh, you know, we're old enough to remember a lot of things, uh, and we know how things are being done. See, here is here, you know, right now, where we're at right now, this Thursday, we are seeing the biggest, uh, I would say, show, the largest show on earth. This is where you see them grasping for life, you know, and when a person is going down, they will take anyone they can with them. I mean, Jake Tapper only tweeted out once about this horrific things that are happening uh, once, once. And they had, they had the, a formal federal prosecutor keyword formal, former, not formal, former, former federal prosecutor chime in and say, Oh, that's totally normal to write notes of like, Oh, will they speak? Will they not speak? Or will they lie? Those are the outcomes. No, duh, Sherlock Holmes, but they wanted to entrap him. That is the key here. Now, uh, you know, Roger Stone today was supposed to go to jail and he didn't. It was extended by 30 days, which gives him the time to file the appeal. Number one, but number two, it allows us to examine what I said, which is what is the contracting company that we used to select his so random jury pool? It wasn't that teacher from the international school at Foggy Bottom, not the old lady that takes the same route to go pick up her bananas, but it was all former intelligence, right? All people that hated President Trump and anything he stood for. And all of these intelligence uh, employees were one, two, three removed, of course, uh, because that's how the real IC works. They do not have you sitting at a desk with a paycheck that comes in that says CIA. They don't. Those that do are the politicians. You'll be like, oh, well, no, the intelligence community doesn't have politicians. Really? Where have you been for the past four years? Everything is politically motivated. Everything has to sync up with an agenda. Can you see it now? Can you see it now? And Dan Bongino said it pretty perfectly. Pretty perfectly. Oh, uh, you know, I'm just following orders is never an appropriate response when the orders are unconstitutional and immoral. And that doesn't go just for soldiers. That goes for people that actually do draw a paycheck from federal funds that sit at the FBI, that sit at the CIA, that sit at the State Department, that sit in the courthouses. Where's that clerk? Where's the clerk that knew that this was a fix? Where is it? Let's not start talking about the judges, too. So before we get into our rubbish, right, because we're draining the swamp, I want us to just stop for a second and take a look at what's going around the world. Globally, there is so much going on and we're not seeing it. I mean, think about it. They released UFOs and nobody is talking about UFOs. Like something that people have been like, oh, UFOs are real. Yeah, conspiracy theories. And then boom, here's your UFOs and no one's talking about it. Why? Because they'll still be there. 
We already knew. Now, now that we know this, right? So brazen and so bold to do all this crap right under our noses with the help of the media. We know. We don't need, you know, uh, you know, ancient aliens or the History Channel to convince us. Now we know. You've dropped it. We've registered it. We're done. We're we're like okay, fair enough. It's kind of like me where I'm at. Like I was thinking yesterday, oh, I should talk about Daniel Jones. Oh, I should talk about Feinstein. I should talk about Peter Carlin and Mary McCord and Susan Rice and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I already talked about it. We already know. So let's just take it from the fact that we already know. Let's move forward. (laughs) We already know. Let's move forward. So what's going across the world? So the whole world is getting ready to unify Korea. Tori, that's dumb. Yeah. Watch Kim Jong-un funeral in about 10, 10 to 15 days, max, maybe 16. So we're going to have that. That's number one. Right. And that was pretty cool how the president kind of didn't say or did he just kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I know how he is and la, la, la. So basically he just said, yep, he's not in good shape, but I know that he's not in good shape and it's OK that he's, you know, he's going to be OK not being in good shape. And I'll tell you when I can. Right. Because you can't remove a dictator from North Korea. Right. And say, now what? Now we have, you know, a loose North Korea that is unstable, right? Completely with no leader. Oh, his sister's going to take it. Come on, man. Seriously? No, no. We need to revive the Asian economy. We need to make them independent from China, right? How do you do that? Oh, that's right. Unify Korea, right? So much investment for everyone there. So that's what we're going to see. So I'm telling you this now, so you're ready for it. I mean, I've pinned it as my banner, unified Korea, and that's what's going to happen. We already saw the hints of it, but (laughs) we did, but no one was paying attention. See, we've been conditioned to not pay attention. So there's that. We've got the unifying of Korea. Now we have, okay, obviously Turkey is taking a back seat in Syria because Russia is not messing about. Russia is clearing out these ISIS forces and they actually forced Turkey to clear up protesters on the M4 themselves. So Turkey has taken a step back in Syria. But they have been beefing things up via the UN, of course, via the UN in Tripoli. So I've explained to my listeners, so anybody that's new, just so you understand, Libya is like this big country, right? So picture a city like, um, it's not even that big in population. So let's pick a city, guys. Uh, Milwaukee. Picture a city like Milwaukee or no, better yet, Cincinnati. There we go. No, less than that. Mm, Cleveland. Not Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee has more. Stick with that. Size of Milwaukee is Tripoli. Tripoli has its own army against the rest of Libya. Get it? Okay. Tripoli's army is backed by the UN and it's called the GNA. It's the Government of National Accord. UN-backed Government and National Accord. Do they have an army? No. Does the UN have an army? Of course not. So what did they do? They gave them a foster army. Guess who the foster army is? That's right. Turkey. 
Turkey and Qatar, of course, funding. So these two Muslim Brotherhood nations, right? Qatar, remember, the country that the Taliban demand to have headquarters for their political party, even though the Taliban are Afghani. So weird, right? Uh, no, it's not. But anyway, um, if you know the politics within the Middle East and how, you know, Osama bin Laden had set up all this stuff, it would make sense. But um, so we have Turkey now clashing with the Libyan National Army. Now, that's the LNA. Now, the Libyan National Army is led by General Haftar, right? And General Haftar is recognized by everyone as the legitimate uh, general of that, you know, of, of, of the Libyan army. And they're trying to kick out ISIS and guess what? UN control. But UN will not let go of Tripoli. I'm going to remind you a little bit about history. So do you know why Hitler had, speaking of Hitler, we'll soak her back to that, why Hitler back in the day phoned up the Greek prime minister and said, hey, so the Greek president, he was like, yo, so uh, I don't want to like, uh, you know, come in and take over Greece at all. Uh, you know, I consider you guys part of the Aryan race and stuff because you're so ancient and blah, blah, blah. And I respect Greece. So do me a favor and just let me through. I just want to get to Tripoli and Idlib. So I'm going to have to do that through Greece. I want to come down through there now that I've successfully uh, taken uh, the Balkans and, you know, the little Italian men have taken Albania. So we want to come down there and just cross. We, do, we don't want to do anything. And that's where the Greek president said, no. And that's actually celebrated on October 28th as no day, Ohi day, right? So Libya and Tripoli. So, uh, 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 sorry, Tripoli in Libya and Idlib in Syria. And I told you about Idlib. Whoa, such a long time ago. And you can see that Idlib is the controlling point. Now, why? Geographically and how they give access. So remember, Idlib allows access to the Mediterranean uh, due to its proximity to the shore. Not super proximal, but it's right there. And it gives proximity. Uh, it gives allowance for someone to uh, go through the Middle East um, and head down into the bowels of Africa or um, to head east and have access to Asia. Very, very geostrategic points. Uh, Tripoli, on the other hand, is the closest, I would say, point uh, to be able to move across, to move across, right, uh, to Europe, back and forth, and commanding that sea. And this is why uh, there's so much tension with Turkey being nominated by the UN to be the army of Libya. This is why Israel, Syria, Greece, Cyprus, um, and Russia have come together and said, well, hold on a second. Uh, by giving uh, Turkey this permission to be part of the Libyan army, you're giving them permission to patrol these waters and we don't want it. So, uh, you know, this is, this is how things are developing there. And so now we see that Tripoli um, forces an advance on Haftar's uh, stronghold in West Libya. Haftar has a stronghold everywhere except for Tripoli. And clashes have been erupting this week like nobody's business. And we have the propaganda media pushing how they're liberating Libyans when there's only like 50 in Tripoli. The rest of them are all Eritreans, Somalis, because if you noticed all these refugees that were crossing over from Tripoli to Malta, right? To, oh, we have to get back to Malta at some point. And Italy were all what? From the Horn of Africa and North Africa. They weren't even Syrian, right? They were Libyan. And I said Syrian. They weren't even uh, Libyan. So, this is where you're going to see stuff hit the fan super quick.
because the UN has been meddling on, uh, you know, keeping that control. And you would say, why would they give Turkey that stronghold? Because it disallows Russia and the United States to come in because for some reason we still believe that the Russians are out to get everyone. I, I can't even like, I can't stress that enough. Like Russia is empowered on the fact that they have zero debt. These people have zero debt. And if you look at their landmass, it's massive, right? Massive. They are not looking to screw or give, create a Russian empire. They're pretty content in what they have. Pretty content. The only ones that are looking for empires are the Chinese because that's like their culture thing, right? Conquer, 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 right? We know this from eons of history. So for some reason, we're still being told that the Russians are out to get us when it's actually the white Europeans. <laughs> that's the thing. They're just still salty. The crown is still salty that we said, uh, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So now they, the UN has started empowering Turkey, to do this only to cause friction between, you know, to come in between Russia and the U.S. and to cause us issues on taking sides because, you know, they control the media and the media is the enemy and the media will say anything. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I was having this conversation about Tripoli with um, friends from Europe yesterday and they were like, well, Turkey's military is helping turn the tide on the Libyan civil war. It's like, uh, no, they're not. They're actually perpetuating it. They are bringing in mercenaries from northeast Syria out to Libya, dropping them in Tripoli so they can push back on Haftar. Remember, the Greek government, Cypriot government, Israeli government, they all kicked out the Libyan ambassadors. This happened months ago, and we talked about it on air months ago. And they kicked out the ambassador of Libya. And guess who the ambassador of Libya was? Appointed by the UN. And they said, we do not recognize you as the legitimate government of Libya. And then General Haftar traveled and met with all of them. Erdogan was really PO'd. There was a whole hot mess. So now this is sparking up. So we've got coronavirus on our mind while... Turkey is, as the mainstream media is telling you, is, is going in with an intervention when they're really going in there to conquer. All they care about is oil exploration and conquering that area. They've, they literally said the Eastern Mediterranean is all ours. And, you know, everyone's like, but that's not your water. That's Cyprus's water, Greece's water, Israel's water, Syria's water. I don't care. I say what it is and it is ours and you made us give it up. Remember, Mecca used to be owned by Turkey, right? So they were actually contained. See, you don't remember history the way you should remember it. You don't remember it because you don't remember how we push them out of every single nation because we have weaponized the Muslim Brotherhood again in the past so many times throughout time. And we have to remember the Spanish Inquisitions. Let me play a clip uh, talking about this liberation of um, uh, Tripoli, hold, of Libya. Hold on. Since renegade General Khalifa Haftar launched his military campaign to capture the capital Tripoli, now the commander is scrambling to maintain control of his eastern stronghold. The dramatic turn of events can be attributed to one major development support from Turkey's military, particularly its drone force that has successfully pushed back Haftar's self-styled Libyan National Army from Libya's sky.
The dramatic turn of events can be attributed to one major development support from Turkey's military, particularly its drone force that has successfully pushed back Haftar's self-styled Libyan National Army from Libya's sky. Ha! Drones! Remember the drone that attacked Saudi Arabia uh, that everyone said was Iranian, but it was actually Turkish? Remember how I told you that they have the most long-range drones? Yeah, let's just remember that because that's going to come into play, I think, in about a week. So while we have coronavirus and we have turmoil in our you know, domain, overseas, things are moving just as smoothly and their plans are going just as fast as they could. So you understand. In England, they've already started, you know, pushing out, um, you know, things. They started pushing out things uh, to their citizens. Uh, you know, Germany can't help themselves and they pulled a card out of Hitler's playbook because uh, now they're offering uh, COVID-19 certificates. I kid you not. I have an article that's uh, coming out uh, just um, like right after the show about it. They're literally providing uh, immunity uh, cards. They're handing them out. This is like the Jewish yellow star. So people that have this immunity badge or certificate are allowed to do stuff and other people aren't. So here we go. They can't help but not see themselves again. But see, what we don't seem to Remember is that this is something that has happened over and over again through time. It's not the first time, first of all. Second, 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 it's going to happen here too. I mean, you know, they're asking for track tracing. They want people with immunity to ha wear something special. And um, it's important that uh, people see uh, that, uh, you know, um, how, how do I say it? what the plan is. Okay. Just be able to see it because it's right in front of you. You don't have to hide, right? You don't have to hide from it. Um, you know, that they're pushing us there. The, the track tracing, uh, the immunity cards, the yellow badge. So people can, you know, see that you are immune and you are allowed to enter a store. I mean, Costco says as of, uh, you know, May 4th, uh, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, you're not coming in. So think about it while it was peaking, everybody could come in, but now nobody can come in without a mask. So bizarre, isn't it? And you know where it's going to develop? Oh, do you want to have, I told you this, Millie Weaver and I both told you this and I had a whole show in March. You want benefits, vaccinate or prove that you are immune. You want to go to this store, vaccinate or prove that you are immune. They are going to demand this from you now. They're going to demand, they're going to label immune humans, non-immune. This was always the plan. And what we have to do is get in front of it. And we are trying so hard, so hard, really, really hard. It's, <laughs> it's all happening. So overseas, we've got the military, um, you know, uh, well, 
we've got a, an operation going on right now in regards to um, organizing the intricacies of the unification of Korea. China's really not liking it. We've got, um, you know, Russia finally uh, settling the issues that we had in Idlib, Syria. Uh, Turkey ramping up in Libya. Uh, the European Union starting to hand out Jewish yellow stars for immunity. And in Africa, we're hearing absolutely nothing, yet everyone is there. So that, you know, the fact that they're so quiet right now is a really big deal. And in the meantime, our whole nation is on fire. People are so confused, they don't know which way to turn. Uh, I mean, Susan Rice, corrupt, totally in the middle of all this Spygate, totally in the middle of all this Russia hoax. And guess who has her on air? Of course it would be CNN. Take a listen to her interview where, uh, you know, they talk about testing. Oh, that, you know, oh, we're not doing enough testing. We're doing more testing in our nation than any other nation. Why are they pushing testing? They want your DNA, man. They want your biometrics. They want every single one of you on file and they're pushing for testing. Why go get tested if you have no symptoms? Oh, why don't we just all go find out if we have terminal illnesses right now? Come on, man. This, this is so blatant. You have to see past it. And when I see idiots saying, look, I got tested. It's no big deal. Like, you know, in North Dakota, they have 20 dead. All, all 20 of them died with coronavirus, not of coronavirus. And you have their stupid stooges of, you know, uh, of supposed media or of the people going to get tested saying, yo, shoot, come on. We need your biometrics. No, nope, they don't say that. Look, it's really easy. This is how you get tested. Come on in, join the party. Really? Cause one idiot's doing it. You all have to do it. We've got drones following people. We've got people pushing for apps and ankle bracelets. Even Texas said, we're going to do track tracing. They're pushing the tracing part, the GPS location part, the collecting your information part. Whole town hole with Verizon. Wait a minute, Verizon. Are you going to start giving location data? Are, are you going to start flagging people like Minnesota where your address, if you have coronavirus, is flagged? Are you kidding? Where's the problem? privacy, but you know, coronavirus. And we have idiots like this on air saying stupid things like this on air. Scramble to expand coronavirus testing will actually prove to be all that necessary. He and some of his top advisors are sounding ready to put social distancing and the pandemic behind them. Joining us now, Susan Rice, uh, the former national security advisor to President Obama. She's also the author of the book, Tough Love, My Story of the Things Worth Fighting For. Ambassador, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I want you, first of all, to watch and to listen what Jared Kushner, the president's uh, son-in-law, senior advisor, had to say this morning about the Trump administration's response to this crisis. Listen. The government, federal government, rose to the challenge, and this is a great success story. We released the, the strategy document earlier this week. It was an eight-step plan, and uh, seven of those steps have been completed. I think you'll see by June a lot of the country should be back to normal, and the hope is, is that by, by July uh, the country's really rocking again. Ambassador Rice, what's your reaction to that? It's ridiculous, and it would be laughable if it weren't so deadly serious. I don't know how anybody with a straight face can call this a great success and declare this a mission accomplished moment when more than 60,000 Americans are dead, when more than a million are infected. And this is... Oh my gosh. Does she forget H1N1, Ebola, SARS, 
avian flu. Come on, man. They're saying this as if it's something incredible. And if you look at CNN's, right, thing, oh my gosh, there have been 3 million cases globally, globally out of the billions of people. And in the U.S., we have a million cases with 60,000 deaths. Wait a minute. Listen to this. 226,000 deaths around the world. And we got 60,000 deaths, but we don't even have the most population. Obviously, we can't count China in that, right? Because we don't know. China didn't tell us anything and they won't. So in the U.S., we have 60,000, which is super weird because the majority of those are in blue states that are begging for bailouts, even though we gave them everything they need. And she's calling this not a great success story. Oh, gosh. And these people are sitting there in their pretensions. We should like take everything from them. Take everything. Confiscate everything. Make them... Um, I don't want to say something mean. The beginning, not the end of the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. Dr. Fauci, whose judgment I trust implicitly, uh, has just said that he believes a second wave in the fall is inevitable. And that's the pattern of pandemics of the past. So we are far from being able to declare victory. Okay, let's talk about this second wave. Let's get ahead of this one. All right. So I kind of talked about this before, but, you know, they want to have a second wave and they're going to give us a second wave, right? Because they think that we're going to bail them out. And oh my gosh, if the Senate bails them out, let me stop because I'm getting so angry right now. So they, right, will give us a second wave right before the elections. Of course, this is going to be our October surprise. But the way we surprise them back is by saying, you know what? Let's spread the general election over days. Every single county has to spread the election over days. We'll talk about that right after the short break. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath my body and I will never ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. America is united. America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America.
Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So re- remember, remember this. These people have done this before and they are pushing their agenda the way they want to. They want to document you. They want to control you. They want to put you in your place. One of their favorite statements, I'll tell you what. And now the cap, you know, is coming off a General Flynn, like I said years ago, is the reason he's been holding it because that's the avalanche. He's the tip. He's going to take it down. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what, um, you know, this, this, what you're seeing right now, the president literally just given it. And I'm so glad he talked about the murder that Joe NBC got away with Lori Clasudas. I mean, Feinstein got away with murder too. Two murders, two murders. So these people literally get away with murder. They get away with rape. They get away with smuggling funds. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. The crimes against humanity they've done is insane. Now, um, I just wanted to say I'm so glad to have seen that, um, you know, Secretary Pompeo uh, three hours ago tweeted out to Senator Warren. Okay, we're going to talk. I'm going to revisit Warren because we talked about this over a year ago. Over a year ago. Now, I told you um, that Senator Warren uh, was predicted to be their Democrat candidate. Listen carefully. So um, and this is because it's a fixed point in time, and I'll, and I'll demonstrate that to you. I don't remember the movie. I've been trying to remember it. But he told her, okay, so you're saying that under this is separate from the you know, Iran deal. So do you put – he said, but I'll put, down, I'll put you down for Chinese arms sales to Iran on October 18th. Which weapons is it okay with you if they send a couple divisions of VT4 tanks good? He's totally calling her out for a shilling, and I'll tell you what. Warren ran when she she couldn't even win her state, yet they ran her because it's a woman, number one. Number two, she's easily controllable, even though she's unlikable. She's like Ted Cruz. I don't care how many of you like Ted Cruz. You have no idea the blackmail they got on him. And I was thinking, what the heck? Why would they use that when it exposes them too? 
but it's like they don't care. So, you know, Ted Cruz looks like he wears a human suit and he's itchy in it. He's very sneaky because he's going to be running again. You watch. Now, we have Warren. I told you this. Warren threw her hat in the race in 2019, right? Well, there was a movie that was released in 2019 and um, uh, actually released to Redbox in 2019, May 2019. Um, So the movie was actually put on forward in 2018, you know, when they recorded. You don't record a movie in a week and then push it out, especially when you have all these actors. So it was about this girl being gay or not being gay, and it was like a coming-to-age movie. I, I, I really don't remember the whole spiel about it. But the film was taped in 2018, 2017, 2018. And do you know what I noticed on that film? Just so that you understand how how reality hacking occurs that I've stated. Because if I time travel, you know the bad guys can suck somehow do it. I mean, they can't see all the timelines because they change. But guess what was on the bumper sticker of the gay character at the beginning of the film picking up her best friend who she came out to? That's right. Warren 2020. So Warren wasn't even mulling the run supposedly didn't throw her hat in the race till 2019 but a film that was being taped in 2017 and 2018 had a bumper sticker on a car of the main character that said warren 2020 so this is how they nudge you right nudge you this is how you see things so warren was their woman right and she's the one it's not biden biden's done You know, Biden's finished. Biden's done. You're going to see Warren come back. She's going to be that Lisa Simpson. I'm telling you right now, if this isn't fixed, if we don't get it done, this is going to be a big problem. And I, you know, 20 years ago, under the guise of being a dude, I tried to warn of what the future would be like. Yes, it delayed, but it didn't change the fixed points because I'm seeing that reality come up real fast and we're letting it happen. And, you know, a lot of you that listen to me are like, well, what do I do? Talk about it. Make phone calls, put out FOIAs, send off a document, speak up for those that don't. You know, be louder. You don't have to go out on the street and protest. You can use your computer and send that email, send that fax, file that, you know, civil suit, whatever it is. Just do something because the more little something everybody does, the bigger the effect is. Everybody has to do a little bit of everything. Uh, Laura Loomer, for example, she's running for Congress, right? Super loud person. Any dollar you send, one dollar you send helps to make sure that people like that get in office. She has overcome the gag, the global gag they've put on her mouth, and she's still running. She's fighting. She filed lawsuits. Look at all those clowns that won't talk about Laura. They only do sometimes. And watch it be the same clowns praising her when she gets in. Just saying. So when you look at the news, when you look at these tweets, pay attention. I mean, you, you know what? How's this? Rick Grinnell. I love him. I love him so much. Do you know why? Because he's so salty and he's so like on it. He calls them out just like he should, just like we should. That's why we love the Trump presidency because it's straightforward. There's no dilly dallying. There's straight, no BS. 
news and facts. Rick Grinnell is like, I, you know, it's like for me, I guess with those types of eyes, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that awesome troll. And he's totally telling him off. I love it. Like how he called out Germany that said, oh yeah, you know, we're like totally against Hezbollah. And then it's like today they finally did this. <laughs> they finally implemented it, but they also implemented their yellow stars, right? So these are these are the things that we need to be paying attention to. His tweets are so awesome. He's calling out all the fake news, Vanity Fair, running you know these articles, uh, these reporters. He's totally calling them out. He even said. This one is for the Wambier family. When the German court ruled that North Korea's money-making hostel in Berlin must be closed to comply with UN sanctions. Oh, dear. Huh. So, city hostel in Berlin, owned by North Korea, right? And the German court ruled that they had to shut it down, and they did. And he, I'm going to retweet that just in case you missed it. Uh, you know, and he said this one is for the Warmbrier family. Remember, the one thing that our um, president had said, and I'm going to find that clip actually and play it for you, is about revenge, right? Trump had said, you know, that he loves revenge. And, you know, revenge is best served cold sometimes. And it's so important. It's kind of karmic. It's, 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 it, it's perfect. Here, take a listen to it. He said it on CNN, um, he said it on CNN, um, in 1992 with, um, Charlie Rose. Okay. And he discussed what loyalty means to him and revenge. Take a listen. Most loyal to me are people that I didn't think would be. Some of the people that were least loyal to me are people uh, that you got I it. think I would have treated them differently. I think I would have treated different groups differently. I would have wiped the floor with the guys that weren't loyal, which I will now do, which is great. You know, I love getting even with people, but I will. <laughs> I will have wiped. You love getting even. Oh, with absolutely. It. You don't believe you don't believe in the eye for the eye. You do. <laughs> no. I know you well enough. I think you do. But anyway, but <laughs> but it, tell me. I mean, you you're going to get even with some people because yeah, I mean, if given they, the opportunity, if given the opportunity, I will get even with some people that were disloyal to me. I mean, I had a group of people that were disloyal. But how do you define them, disloyalty? Uh, they didn't come to my aid. Well, what did they do? do they turned their things. back on you? No, but they didn't do small things that would have helped. You see, I'm so loyal to people, and maybe I'm loyal to a fault, but I'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great act of horror. The president begins by wanting to talk about... Great act of horror. That's exactly me, too. If someone is, you know, I see something just a little inch of stab in the back, and I hope that I've conveyed this, uh, you know, to my children as well, uh, you should easily be able to cut them out of your life immediately. Um, you know, I've, I've had relationships with people, uh, you know, and, and that's probably because I, I've worked in the field where, you know, the work is based on deception. So it's very easy to see it. And, but, you know, this doesn't mean because I've seen the ugliest side of people that I'm just going to trash everyone. Uh, I, you should always make it your number one rule to take someone at face value and their actions will be louder than anything. You keep them at a hundred percent. Don't care what anybody else says. You'd be like, yo, you're talking to me right now. I'm taking it a hundred percent. I'm going to give you a hundred percent. It's up to you to keep it there. Now, the slightest slight of uh, disloyalty, like simple stuff. And this is just how I am, like super X. 
when I was uh, feeling like I was like being under attack, I had a friend of mine that that did something stupid, and I really don't care about Facebook. You you know what I'm saying? She unfriended me from Facebook. She was like, "Oh, because they're giving you flack." I just I I just don't want them to like troll me. Like, you know what I did? Block, 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 block phone numbers, block everything, dude. If you're gonna be my friend only when it's easy for you, I don't need you by my side. That's the way it should be. Because that's where the true character of the person shows. And you know what it leads down to? Self-preservation, right? Self-preservation is something that is an innate, uh, you know, instinct that we have as animals, right? Humans have it more than anything um, to preserve themselves and their life. This is why our country is in this state. Because of idiots like that. Idiots that want to preserve themselves. Self-preservation. Oh my, you know. Um, I have to look after myself. Uh, I don't need stress. Well, you know what? That's why we're in this, in this position. I, you know, how many coworkers of mine have I received messages of saying, listen, man, bottom line is you shouldn't be doing this. Brennan's going to do this to you. They're going to eat you up and speak. I'm like, boy, where have you been? They have been attempting everything. They have slung so much mud my way and look at me, I'm still standing. Why aren't you saying anything? Because I need my job. Really? Don't worry about that. God takes care of it. God takes care of it when you're doing something good. I didn't believe it until I actually needed it to be real. Honestly. I needed it to be real. You know, over the past couple of years, just setting up, you know, um, certain, uh, sites, uh, investing in certain boards and, and so much stuff. I've drained my own pockets when I had pockets to drain, right? Then my whole life shifted and I'm like, oh gosh, darn it. Now what? You know what? It works out. I mean, it totally works out. It totally works out. Yet there are people sitting right now in Arlington, Virginia that know everything and sit there for self-preservation. That makes me sick. If you took an oath, you should be loyal to that oath. You should move. But you know, they aren't me, right? They were just straight into one place, not straight sent to one place. If that makes any sense to you, I, I hope we one day it'll be easier for me to talk about it more. But this is, you know, how you can suss out who's real and who's not when it comes down to the crunch of self-preservation, right? That is how you expose to the world and those around you who you are. And, you know, this is how you can see what side of the fence anybody stands, either that be in politics, your personal life, everything. Self-preservation is that measure. Use that measure. Self-preservation. Because when someone, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, just friendships, right? I'm not just, and it's also business, self-preservation, right? There was this um, movie my daughter and I just watched. What is it called? Boss Lady, Boss Woman, where it had like these two chicks. They had a makeup company and then Salma Hayek was like the, the villain or whatever. And she was all about self-preservation, right? How she cut out her friend, which was Phoebe Buffay from Friends, um, 
you know, because she wanted to be bigger. She wanted to be more, right? And and the thing is, what what a good example of how that doesn't work is everything you've seen in front of you in politics forever. It, the first time, and I remember, um, I, I think I actually, I want to take credit for it, so shamelessly I will. But um, she was, you know, everyone was sharing the hashtag, I'm with her. So with my old account, right, um, my personal Twitter account that I had for like 10 years and they banned me 10 years, 10 years. And they banned me. I said, well, everyone's I'm with her, uh, you know, um, can't, uh, you know, Donald Trump should be candidate for the Republican party. Cause he's with us. And, um, what his speech is telling me is I'm with you. It's like, I should have been a speechwriter, man. But if I was a speechwriter, I couldn't be doing what I've been doing. Cause then I'm too connected, right? Uh, degrees of separation, of course. Um, but there's no degree of separation of what the end game is. So <laughs> he was with us. See how that works. See, because people can understand when someone is looking out for them. People can uh, uh, understand how much they should devote time, investment, everything to people that they know will stand by them regardless. One thing that you heard, uh, you hear on the commercial that I play for Laura Loomer, right, is that she has the phone numbers of very powerful people in her phone. Her phone is like gold, and yet none of them are helping her. None of them are helping her. None. Now that she needs them, when she did nothing wrong except for be young and, you know, maybe take some bad advice here and there, her core was good. You don't smack someone down for making a mistake because they were ushered into it, right? So this is how you should see what is panning out. Not only on the side, we know who the swamp creatures are. We're gutting them and we have to thank General Flynn and his whole family for the sacrifice that they had to endure for all of us, for every single one of us. And like the president said, he's going to make sure this doesn't happen to any American citizen again. <laughs> I'm right there. Because like I said to um, someone, uh, the, the attorney general of North Dakota, man, if you want a circus, I got monkeys. Because these people have no no remorse. They don't care. They will push. They will kick. And they will use the courts for their benefit. And they have been doing that to me for the past three years. Because it's... Who, who tweeted that out? I'm trying to remember. So I saw the tweet fly by. So if anybody remembers, please retweet it and tag me. Um, someone retweeted out. It's like the Democrats enjoy economically uh, strangling voices. And that's what was done to me, economically strangling my voice by throwing me to litigation. I'm thinking, is this judge for real? Like when you go to court, it's like, okay, so like this happened. And so, uh, you know, obviously they couldn't find anything criminal from the anal probe they gave me. So they're like, oh yeah, so this, um, I want this remedy because of this. Guess what? There is no remedy because they're not asking for anything except for, oh yeah, we just, just find her like what find me for what there's no even statement and yet judges are allowing this to happen three different freaking judges allowing it to happen only one had the sense to recuse themselves only one had the sense to recuse them only because i have <laughs> i have <laughs> i have um <laughs> um uh, what do i how do i say it um i have um gosh darn it I have stuff that would make it look like they're retaliating. How's that? That's the best way of putting it. So this happens everywhere. General Flynn 
went through this with his family for us, for me, for you, for your, for your friend that you don't know about, for the faceless names, for people like Martin Shkreli, believe it or not, for all of you that, oh, that's Farmer Bro. No, you have no idea what Farmer Bro, uh, what happened to Farmer Bro. That's the thing. So these are all... These are all the way they operate. They strangulate you and it's about to go down hard. This avalanche is coming down hard. Their coronavirus um, plan is failing. And so they're going to revamp. Oh, yeah, well, we lost this round and we can't keep it closed all this time. So it's going to come back in a wave, you know, in in the fall, like right before the elections. So we can't open up schools. So we're going to keep kids at home so parents can't work. You know, for example, uh, right now I work. I work from home. I can work remotely and I can go places, but I have a child that is of school age. So if her school's not open, guess who has to sit and do homework with her? I do. You think that she doesn't get a schedule? Of course she does. Because when we wake up in the morning, we have breakfast and then we sit down and do homework. We have an extended lunch period when I do my radio show. Then when we're done with the homework and she submits and then she does her own little exercises, that's when I can start working. So once that job is done, being the teacher and the mom and then doing my thing on the radio, I sit and work. Obviously, sit and work means that I'm available. So if they call me out, that I can pop out and go. And I've pre and and you know that's for a short period of time because I can't leave a child by themselves unattended. I mean, she's at the age that I can, but you know what I mean. And so even when I'm working from home, I have to be focused on that. I mean, it's not like if I'm questioning someone coming in through the border that they want me distracted with my child because that's the guy's livelihood, and, and you know he can be you know, have harm. Or if I'm, you know, interpreting for a patient, right. Uh, per se, right. You don't want me distracted. I say something wrong. The patient could die. Right. So all of us are being hurt. They're hindering our income and they're going to do it as hard as they can. They're going to make sure that they can hinder everybody's income to hurt the economy even more. Cause if he goes in there with an economy that's literally on life support, they think they can win this. And if they can convince the public to mail in their ballots, cause they're scaring them that they're going to die, they're going to win this, right? That's how they're thinking. But no, we've got this because even though Powell is out there talking and everything, I'm telling you, the economy is going to be bigger and better than ever. I said this in 2018. Huh? Could it be Christmas time of 2020 that we get that? I mean, it was a Christmas Eve when they eradicated and began the Federal Reserve, right? That's when they signed that document on Christmas Eve. Maybe on Christmas Eve, we can have the president revert us back to gold back standard. And he won't screw the whole economy. I mean, Korea will have, um, you know, the unification of Korea will be a source of income for the nations of Asia. Russia's got enough gold. I mean, they could just scrape it off their ceilings if they really want to. Saudi Arabia has solid gold toilets. They're good. So, I mean, things can change with less, you know, but, you know, to be honest with you, I really don't care. Let the rest of the world burn on fire. It's America first. And the fact is, is that all these years, they have been taking advantage of us. They have been selling us out. They have been, like (laughs) Joe Biden said, engaged in economic intercourse and they're the pimps and they make money while we get shafted. That's basically how it's been for years. So that is how, (laughs) that is how we have to see it. That these people do not care about our well-being, do not care about our children. All they care about is themselves, right? That's it. And the president has done nothing but prove to you that he cares about you.
He cares about me. He cares about your children. He cares about your future. He cares about the tomorrow. And he really does care about the world his son and his grandkids have to live in when he's gone. And if all of us actually aimed to do that, to care about what we leave behind, to care about the footprint we leave in the sands of time, the world would be such a better place, wouldn't it? Because we would all be effectively looking out for one another, you know, as a no brainer, right? We wouldn't even think about it. So after the break, we're going to get into some more swampy details. Um, we're going to get into what to expect and revisit how Roger Stone, you know, after putting forward, um, you know, putting off his uh, turning into prison, right? He's got 30 days. So we'll get a little bit more in depth about that so I could tell you what's going on behind the scenes and how some of my sources are pretty pissed off at me. I'll see y'all in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So, uh, you know, what we have seen is that we have a president that, uh, you know, is all about America first, all about draining the swamp and giving us after his eight years. He's just going in to clean it up. And we are seeing a war like no other against us from our local governments. I did not to toot my own horn, but I wrote an article three weeks ago telling you how the president is going to handle this opening up and how. Didn't he do exactly what I said? I mean, revisit that article. It's timestamped. I mean, I tweeted it too. Exactly what I said he could do was the safest thing for him to do because I self-proclaim myself a really good strategist. I mean, you know, there's things I can't talk about, but I've changed the world a few times uh, looking out for my nation. Um, and, you know, I can't talk about it. I didn't fall out of the sky in a parachute and land on the shores of Normandy. But I'll tell you, I frequented those Normandy shores <laughs> at some point. But strategy is all about being able to see the solutions. And I guess I have an advantage because I'm a time traveler and I already know. And I already know how I can nudge something or do something or change my strategy in order to get the outcome that I desire. And what is the outcome that we desire is freedom, right? We desire uh, to ensure that the foundations of this nation, that our U.S. Constitution is strong and cannot be torn up or tossed aside or chewed up and spit out like we're seeing happening. Abbott of Texas. Now going to slap on what? Ankle bracelets? 
you know, you think Doug Burgum because they selected North Dakota specifically. That state is very, very important, right? And they selected it specifically in order to roll this out, which by the way, which is really annoying. In my Twitter feed, I kid you not, anybody that visits my Twitter feed will find a superimposed advertisement for the Care 19 app. I kid you not. I have people sending me screenshots all the time. And now, you know, obviously Georgia's taking it a step further and they're going to people that are, uh, you know, their voting base, you know, for the Democrats, the ones that they consider stupid, the ones that don't know that they have rights demanding that they take their blood to donate, to check if they're immune, to check if they're immune. Stop one second. Why do you need to test people? Why are you going door to door? For a COVID-19 investigation. What do you mean you're investigating it? Did you do that with H1N1? SARS, Ebola, Zika virus? No. Why are you doing it now? Because you want to document them. So tell everyone you hear that this is a coup against you. Not just your nation. The nation coup is separate. This is a coup against you and your freedoms. This is where we're at. A coup against you and your freedoms. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about that, um, you know, on Friday nonstop. How that man is not their target. It's you. That man that is sitting there right now in the White House is not their target. It's you. When they tell you something, it's free. You're the currency. When they come at you, when they come at the president with rubbish to remove him, it's because they want to get to you. He's standing in the way. He's a roadblock for them to take you. Do not forget that Barack Hussein Obama purchased mass grave coffins, mass grave coffins. Don't forget the dumbs. Don't forget a lot of these things because they're very important because it's not the president they are targeting. It is you, period. It is you that they are targeting. So now, um, what I wanted to do is obviously showcase my favorite. Who's that? Yeah, that's right. Tucker Carlson, who says that even our leaders (laughs) are totally contradicting, right? What they're saying, who don't gather, you know, how Mayor de Blasio went after all the Jews, right? Who wore masks, you know, adhered as much as they could to social distancing. And he wanted to rip them of their right to their cultural observation of a funeral. Uh, But, you know, I I didn't see him do anything in the mosques, but whatever. Anyway, take a listen to what Tucker had to say on that. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Quote, what is our goal? Get him to lie so we can prosecute or get him fired? End quote. Those are from handwritten notes of a senior FBI official plotting with others to frame and potentially prosecute General Michael Flynn, which happened. We told you earlier this week that it did happen and that a smoking gun was coming to prove it happened. That smoking gun is here tonight. We've got breaking details for you on it in just a moment. But first, we want to begin with an update on the state of this country. On Saturday, former President Barack Obama went golfing at the Robert Trent Jones Country Club in suburban Virginia. He's a member there. Obama was driven to the course about 40 miles from his home in the District of Columbia by a government chauffeur. Here's a picture of it from Politico. 
If you look, you can see that Obama is clearly enjoying himself. And honestly, why wouldn't he be? It's beautiful out on the links and airy. You'll notice there aren't many people around. And that's because both Virginia and Washington, D.C. are still under quarantine. Everybody else is locked at home as they have been for more than a month. But not former President Obama. For him, golfing at his country club was an essential activity. Now, two days later, after this picture was taken, the beleaguered residents of Washington, D.C. began to receive a public service announcement on their phones. The message had been recorded at the request of the D.C. government by Barack Obama's wife, the former First Lady, Michelle Obama. Here's what the message said. Remember, we urge you to stay home except if you need essential health care, essential food or supplies, or to go to your essential job. Stay home, except for essential health care, essential food, essential jobs. That is Michelle Obama's message to you. It didn't seem to occur to her that those standards might also apply to her family. And that's why she didn't mention essential trips to your country club. The fact that the rules apply to them doesn't seem to occur to anyone in power at the moment. Just a few weeks ago, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, was caught getting her hair done at a time when the city of Chicago had closed salons to mere civilians. Lightfoot's stylist ratted her out on Facebook. Her excuse, quote, I'm the public face of this city. I'm on national media and I'm out in the public eye. In other words, said Lightfoot, I'm far more important than you are. Shut up. Across the country, our leaders are making a mockery of the quarantines they so enthusiastically enforce. And she doesn't even have hair, okay? She could just use, like, jerry curl stuff and she's done. Like, she doesn't even have hair. Let's just point that out. What about me with my white hair growing out? With my, You know, I haven't had a haircut in, ugh, I think, over a year. But... You know, this is this is this is what they're doing. Michelle Obama is educating you. We talked about that on air, right? How they're sending out these messages. But then they're out golfing. They're out getting their hair done. Oh, wait, massages, right? Because that's like a, you know, social distancing thing. Love, Tucker. Didn't he just say that so beautifully? They have no intention of abiding by the restrictions they impose on their fellow citizens. They have no interest in any scientific development. And increasingly, there are many of them that challenges the wisdom of their lockdowns. Day by day, evidence accumulates that mass quarantines are not achieving what politicians claimed they would achieve, not even close. Huge numbers of people have been infected anyway. Far fewer of them are dying than we expected. Our political leaders, meanwhile, pretend as if none of this is happening. Just yesterday, Maine Governor Janet Mills extended her state's lockdown into the indefinite future. She commanded citizens to remain in their homes except for essential activities and, quote, occasional grocery shopping. Mills prohibited bars and restaurants and summer camps and some state parks from opening. She made it illegal for hotels to book guests even for future stays. She canceled every summer festival in the state. She told every church to keep its doors locked, ensuring that many of them will go defunct and disappear forever. And she told the people of Maine to change their personal lives, including in the most intimate ways. No shaking hands, the governor ordered with great emphasis. Thanks to Janet Mills's decisions, Maine will never be the same. But these restrictions are all necessary, she explained, thanks to the extreme and unusual peril that the state of Maine faces. I want to be clear. We are not out of the woods yet and likely will not be for some time. Not out of the woods yet. 
Those are bracing words. They sound like something that Winston Churchill might have said during the Blitz. So what exactly do these woods Janet Mills refer to look like? Well, at the very moment she spoke, a grand total of 33 people were being treated in Maine hospitals for the coronavirus. 33 people out of a population of more than 1.3 million people. Over the full course of this entire epidemic, just 51 people in the state of Maine have died from the coronavirus. Meanwhile, and there's always a flip side, directly because of the lockdowns that Mills ordered, more than 10% of Maine's population is now unemployed. All over the state, businesses are failing. A forecast produced by Oxford Economics predicts that Maine will be hit harder and longer by these lockdowns than any other state in the country. So is this a proportionate response to the threat? No, it's not. It's vandalism. Mills's speechwriter worked hard to make her reckless policy sound poetic. People who now are staying apart so that someday we can all be together again. Someday we can be together again. Well, thanks, Governor. We appreciate your kindness in allowing that. So how long will that be until we can be together again? Well, Mills, who was clearly deeply enjoying her newfound power, didn't specify how long. There's, quote, no timeline for that. Things will not be normal soon, she warned. We are inventing a new normal, end quote. Now, you may be wondering, where exactly does Janet Mills derive the power to invent a, quote, new normal for 1.3 million people to remake human society in whatever form she chooses? Mills did not explain that either. Instead, the governor read a selection from a 31-year-old novelist called Veronica Roth. Roth wrote that, quote, gritting your teeth through pain is part of the, quote, slow walk toward a better life. Deep thoughts from Janet Mills. A slow walk toward a better life. That's what Mills is promising. But wait a second. Wasn't this all supposed to be about a public health emergency, the latest epidemiology, science? Yeah, that was last month. It's now about, quote, a better life. People in power abuse their power. That may be the lesson here. The arrival of a terrifying new virus from China gave our leaders more power than anyone has had in the history of this country. Six weeks ago, America was something resembling an imperfect democracy. We had an election on the horizon that we were sort of paying attention to. Back then, Andrew Cuomo was considered a thuggish, possibly corrupt regional leader. But suddenly everything has changed. Now, this is an oligarchy managed by bureaucrats and tech moguls. And you know what? Uh, he's right. And not only that, it is Fox that's giving him airtime. Every time I'm looking to find my little Tucker videos, I see that they have live Governor Cuomo talking. And here is, you know, we talked about how North Dakota has led the fight. They even had Doug Burgum on Fox News, uh, you know, talking about, yep, let's track trace everyone. We're going to trace you. And his mayors are saying they're more than happy to slap on ankle bracelets on you. And now Abbott saying the same thing. And then we have Georgia knocking on doors, demanding blood samples. But here's Governor Cuomo and what he says is going to happen. Right away, right away, as quickly as you can, uh, trace that person. Who have they met with? Who have they been in close contact with over the past 14 days? And you then contact those people and say, you may have been uh, in contact with Dan. Dan tested positive. Uh, you should check 
your symptoms. If you develop any symptoms, let me know right away, and uh, we'll bring you in to take a test. That is Tracy. The problem is, it's not rocket science to do it on an individual basis. The problem is the scale that we have to do this at. Yesterday, we tested 4,681 people who were positive. Yesterday, 4,681 people were positive. How do you now communicate with 4,681 people, trace back all the people they've been in contact with over the past 14 days, close contact, and contact those people? That is an overwhelming scale to an operation that has never existed before. We do tracing now. That's such a lie. We have facial recognition. We have a scale. Now, but on a very limited basis. That's why this is so hard, tracing. In and of itself, one person, it's easy. 4,681 on one day. Today, we'll have another 4,681 people. So just think of the scale of the operation. Last week, we announced that Michael Bloomberg would lead the first ever testing tracing isolation program. Figure out how many people, how to train them, what technology, how do we do this? Uh, and it's of a scale never been done before. And by the way, we need it tomorrow. There is no time to go get a university to do a study. And no, uh I'll tell you how they're going to do it. You want to hear it from me first? Remember how I've been just insanely tweeting about Doug Burgum? Well, I found out that um, his uh, health director, Mylene uh, Tufty, who's literally a placeholder. She does nothing but put signatures. He has his own person in place, legit. Um, she signed a pay order for $9,500 to the company that is cre that created this app. Mind you, this app, they paid for it April 4th. April 4th, right? And so the governor on his own said, yeah, we got together. We were talking about it. So April 4th, right? And they only paid $9,500. And those of you that know how app development goes, that's just not, that's, that's enough to just, uh, you know, find what colors you're going to use in your app colors, right? Not, not, not even the programming. So, uh, you know, I'm still waiting on them to tell me how much we're spending in marketing, but do you know who's actually funding the app? You want to hear this? You ready for this? Right. It's Mike Bloomberg. So that should terrify every single one of you that the state of North Dakota commissioned an app that is getting money from Bloomberg. And, you know, they're not telling me this. I'm telling you this. And uh, wait, maybe Governor Cuomo can tell you this. A blueprint and then uh, put a plan to get. Oh, he's not. But he says Mayor Bloomberg would lead the first ever testing tracing isolation program. It's because he's funding it. So I want you guys to be paying attention, attention to how they're going to rip your freedoms apart, attention. And they are walking a fine line. Thank God that we have that, uh, you know, the prosecutor in the Eastern district of Michigan, because the minute, the minute they strongly encourage you to download the app in order to have any service, that's a 
a violation of your civil rights. So they're trying to find a way around it, around it. This is why they had conversations with Verizon. You know, the fact that Georgia is knocking on people's door, asking for blood samples is horrific, super horrific. But think of this. Is it really a violation of your civil rights? Nope. Not if you consent to it because you're dumb enough to be, you know, uh, bullied by it. It's like when, you know, uh, someone, the police came to that lady's door and said, oh, you know, we're here to tell you your kid. And it's like, okay, cite me the law. I'm here to look. If you have nothing, piss off, get off my property. If I haven't, am am I under, no, then just go. You want to cite me? Did you see it? No, you got a call, right? So you're just going to go with hearsay? You can't do that. But there he was, the cop, running her plates, using the LEAP system, a federal database, in order to pull out and see if she had any warrants to see who she is, while he stood there in her driveway. With no cause, no cause, no legal cause, he sat there in her driveway. You guys saw that video, right? In Wisconsin. No le- Their badges should be removed faster than you can blink. And yet, hmm, we hear nothing. This is why I tweeted it out to the uh, U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Michigan. They not only harassed her, but without cause, you used leap systems to get her name from her plate and threatened her, citing no law violation, gave the names its deputies, Sarah Freelich and Matthew Eberhardt of Calumet County in Wisconsin. This is a police state like no other. They are pushing harder and faster than you can think. Why? Because it's all out. Flynn is exonerated. Flynn is out. He popped cats out of the bag. And for some reason, I'm going to show you, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tweet it out. I'm going to screenshot it right now. Trends for me is hashtag Flynn's exonerated with 10,000 tweets. Comey with 524,000 tweets. Get this. Palmer with 14,000 hashtag Flynn is guilty is trending with only a thousand tweets. Are you kidding? This is how you know that there's a bunch of fakery going around and this is how, uh, you see it, uh, you know, um, (laughs) it's so blatant. I mean, I'm just so tired of watching this. It's like, I'm at that point that if I had a reset button, boy, I'd be pushing it. I don't care if I'm in it because it's just like, I'm done. I'm so done. I can't even talk about the atrocities. I mean, I've recycled their, their, uh, gaming texts. I've, you know, uh, yesterday I tweeted out a photo, you know, I was on steam. It was a lot of fun. I could just say that. And so that's out, you know, they're looking for alternative. Tori told them all about the black phone, you know, silent circles, not so silent anymore. You know, we can't gather in, you know, fields and talk to each other uh, at ball games anymore because social distancing. I mean, we can't travel without someone knowing that we're traveling. We saw all these single engine planes stop in the middle of highways. Who were they dropping off? You know, it's just so bizarre how things are going, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you look at it and you're just like, stop, stop. You're done. You got caught. You, you, it's like you said, uh, no, I didn't have any chocolate. Chocolate is all over your face. So all over your face is like in your eye, in your nose, dripping off your chin. We caught you. 
So, so now what? Are you just going to start pointing fingers? Oh, it was them. Chocolate on them. Chocolate on them. Is that it? This is all BS. All BS. You're done. You're toast. You're finished. The mainstream media, done. Finished. That's the way it is. How is it? How is it that we find ourselves in this position? Because we let them take us there. The New York Times still pushing ads in times of uncertainty. Knowledge is indispensable. I've told you how powerful knowledge is. They don't want you to know. That is what the information war is. No matter how many IIA agents they have sitting on the left, sitting on the right, sitting in the middle, and then the reality hackers being hacked by other super duper digital soldier reality hackers, huh, we've got full out blown war and, 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 and we're not, I mean, we are seeing it now. All of you agree. And the bottom line should be America first, our values, our flag. That's the only thing that keeps us together is our values, our flag. Do not let them dictate their values. They are not the ones that should be dictating. And you know what I'm proud of? I'm proud of the former, uh, you know, Navy physician, uh, rear admiral who's retired, who was the president's doctor, who's now running for, um, for a seat in Texas, right? To b- go to the house. Everyone should be voting for him. Everyone should be voting for Ronnie Jackson because he had the courage to say, look what they did to Flynn. They did that to me because I wouldn't lie and say that the president is unhealthy. They put me in a box. I'm retired now. How many people have to come out and speak? I mean, these people are decorated. I could come out and say whatever. And you're just like, I, I don't know you. All right. Well, look at all the stars that are coming out and speaking. Stars, three stars, four stars, two stars. They're all coming out and speaking. How many times does this have to be said until it's no longer a coincidence, but an actual fact? What about Timothy Cunningham? What about him? He came out. He was a whistleblower. What about Azar's right-hand man who found himself? They said it was suicide beating himself to death in front of his garage door. Are you kidding? Who beats themselves to death? Really? Blunt force trauma beats himself to death. We forgot about him, right? Happened in October. He beat himself to death. That was the, 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 the outcome. He beat himself to death. Or the doctors from New York City, oh, they helped COVID and then they committed suicide. Right, because of what they were doing. The atrocities of what they were doing. And nobody wants to talk about it. Because a trauma surgeon is totally going to stab himself in the chest rather than slice himself right there by the jugular. Right? Or, this, is, this is where we're at. We're at, we're at the point where stupid things are being pushed and people are like, yep, totally makes sense. No, they were suicided. Then you have the left, the leftists are losing their mind. They, they don't know what to do. They're just like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. It's like, but Trump, you know, it's like you have to speak parcel tongue to see this. No, now they're speaking English. You don't even have to have the ability to speak parcel. (laughs) Snakes speak in a separate way, right? You have to be really attuned to it. But they hate you so much and they don't care that they're speaking in English now.
All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So um, just a little bit of insight. I totally enjoyed uh, responding to Swallowell. You know, he was like, oh, I'm just confused. Why did real Donald Trump fire Flynn? Because it was a trap, you loser. We trapped you. We're smarter because our fuel is America first. See, that's the thing. And I, I'm telling you, I... I you know, so many things, like even with Roger Stone, I could have told him about the b- dirty pool jury and how they did it and how it was done, but it had to be at the right time. And I'm telling you that for sure, a hundred percent, there were times where General Flynn was thinking, why have you forsaken me? Not to God only, but to America. How did you leave me here? And it's like, you're safe, man. Everybody's got your back. Trust us. And that's the trust that I have in, 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 in my, in my circle. I'm like, okay, I trust you. I trust you. All of this. I trust you because if I put it out there and I say, I trust the good, I trust this. And if we all did it, I trust it and I will be vocal for it. No matter how much I will be attacked for it, it will work. It'll happen. It'll come to, and this is what you need is faith. They have stripped you of faith to think as science, but there is no real scientist that will tell you that faith isn't key and that God doesn't exist. Any scientist that tells you that God does not exist is not a scientist. They're a pseudoscientist because it is through science that you see that God does exist and good always prevails. You know, unfortunately justice always rides in on a donkey, never on a Ferrari. I'll tell you that never does. And we all have to have faith. Because what we are seeing now, this awakening we are seeing seeping in through the cracks, the left losing their mind, not understanding, wait a minute, have I been duped? Dude, you're not the only one that's been duped. You've been following the Democrats. We've been following these clown Republicans. They're all one in the same. We get it. We see it now. All of us are starting to see it. I mean, we have Ronna McDaniel running the RNC. Come on, man. I did tell you that the RNC servers were also imaged, right? All right. So... Let's just put it there. And then you'll think, well, why is Gina Haspel there? Why is Ronna McDaniel there? Let it be. Because you need to use these useful idiots. You need to let them think they're winning because then they end up like Eric Swallowell, who has no idea how many eyes we have on his land that borders the U.S. and Mexico. That we have no idea what he's been doing with his leases to regional and transnational railways. He thinks we don't see, and that's okay. He thinks we didn't see him go over the border to meet with these illegal migrants and train them to come and ambush and infiltrate our country. Their, their invasion using human beings as pawns failed. So now they have activated the infiltration and you can pick them out because they stick out like sore thumbs. Disinformation is very, uh, a very important weapon if used correctly. And that is a weapon that I have used too. Everybody does kind of like a response to a tweet where I was like, look what's trending. How, uh, why don't we use the hashtag Flynn is guilty to flood it with, you know, everything. Yes. Flynn is guilty, guilty of believing in America, guilty of being good, guilty of still holding his oath that he took decades and decades ago when he joined our armed forces. That's what he's guilty of. 
He's guilty of unconditionally supporting our nation, unconditionally fighting for us, and unconditionally loving his family that he had no problem taking all of this for. Because when you threaten someone's family, they will go to any length to help them when you threaten them. And this is why they're smart. They infiltrate your families now. This is why you don't see people in the intelligence community that aren't through arranged marriages procreate. This is why you see all these clowns adopt kids because they're just accessories like a cat and a dog. They aren't really family because the only family they have is their brotherhood, their group. Trust me on that. Oh, I hate that. I take that back. Don't trust me on it. Don't trust anything I say. I take it back. I hate that word, but you could take that to the bank. How's that? You could take that statement to the bank rather than trust me. Just take it to the bank. It'll cash out for you. Um, so th- what we're seeing right now is an explosion of information where people don't know what is happening. You know, there are specific actions that the president has taken and he has been taking for the past year. There are specific statements made at certain times. I mean, is it a coincidence that now with everything that came out on General Flynn, that now Roger Stone was able to file an appeal and delay his entrance into the prison? No, it is not a coincidence because we need more time. Durham needs more time. Huber needs more time. And other U.S. attorneys that you don't know about need more time. And the really good guys need more time because they need that time to be able to make it out into the public organically, organically. That's the thing, organically. So we needed more time and we're buying more time and we're getting this done. In the end, if we cannot, you know, I... You know what I hate? I I really hate this. The federal government cannot turn around and say we've had a corrupt jury selection company. You know, this sucks. All of us are going to know it. Anyone that listens to my show will know it. Anyone that reads my article that's going to come out when time is right will know it. But, you know, they will never come out. I really wish they do, though. I I pray that they do because I'm okay with taking criminals that we know are criminals and retrying their cases, drug dealers, rapists, you name it, traffickers. I'm okay with spending the money to retry them because maybe one of them is innocent. Maybe one of them is, has taken the fall for a cartel member. Maybe, maybe because you know, when you, when you make that statement and you say, gosh, the company that we used was deliberately choosing jury pools to ensure to ensure that this person be cornered and put in a box and have, you know, and have the outcome they want. That means every single case in those courts across the nation will have to be retried. This will be a burden on our judicial system, but it can also help us clean it and not have this happen again. So, you know, I hope that we don't just do the Band-Aid and fix the more prominent cases, but actually take it down to the core. Just because you remove that company down doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Because you can never use a program to pick things randomly. You can never pick a program to do anything random. That's been proven. It's mathematically been proven. There is no randomness. You still have to get, you know, some kind of information. It's the foundation of cryptography. There's always got to be a key, even though you want to make it look random. So what do we do? 
Obviously, we need to fix our judicial arm. I remember how Judge Sullivan dared to ask, are you trying him with treason? Because he called our general a traitor. And he knew. I remember how Judge Jackson was like, no, we're not doing a retrial because every single person on the jury was like corrupt. What? What? How is this even fair? Because she knew. All of them knew. Every single one of them knew. Across the nation, they all know. They all know. And they are gathering. What did I say in 2018? It's not D.C. we should be focusing on. It's the peripherals. Who is doing the most damage to your constitution right now? That's right. The peripherals. The government. The attorney, the, the governors of states. The mayors. The attorney generals. The secretary of states. They're the ones causing the damage. I said this. The peripherals. The appendages to the brain. The brain is easy. You slice the top and all the appendages go. But you just can't slice the top of this head. You can't cut. You can't decapitate the swamp. Because that defuncts your whole government and you, you know, just drop into chaos. You can't do that because you have people. You can't take the, the wheels off of a corrupt train while there's passengers on it and it's moving. You can't. So we have to be patient. Things come as they should be. This is how it should happen. And this has to be done slowly and correctly. Uh, you know, uh, this, um, this morning, uh, Chris Berg tweeted out something, and I want to play it. It's William Barr talking at the Wall Street Journal CEO Council annual meeting. Just take a listen. Hold on, there we go. Going to prison for what they did. Nowadays, I'm constantly hit. Why aren't people going to prison for what they did to the president? I'm on the other side, you know, throw Bill Barr in prison. And these things take time. <laughs> <laughs> These things take time. I'm just going to retweet that right quick. These things take time. It's like, why aren't people going to prison? Throw Bill Barr in prison. And I'm like, these things take time. They do. They do. You can have the best physicists on your team, the best train engineers on your team, and say, how can we remove and replace the wheels on this train as it's moving with all these passengers, and you will not find a solution that doesn't sacrifice someone. And the one thing the president is not okay with is sacrificing people for the greater good, because that is the premise of why we're here today. They're telling you it's for the greater good. I'm going to be saved if they track me. I have nothing to hide. It's for the greater good you should wear this yellow star so that I know you are a danger to me. That's where we're at. That is where we're at. So here um, I am going to um, uh, play a clip uh, first of Jim Jordan ripping into uh, the FBI after these Flynn documents are released, which, by the way, Jim Jordan already knew they existed. Everybody knew they existed. Everybody knew what went on. And you'd say, well, why didn't they talk about it soon? They kind of have, but they really can't. It's kind of like me not saying, hey, what about this company? Because it wasn't the right time. Even though I like to plant stuff years in advance, as you see, even when I talked about Silent Circle, I did it in a way that the people that were watching, because I know there's people watching, got what they needed. You think, like yesterday, I like totally ousted Christopher Steele. It's like, come on, man. Yes, he's that stupid. Because they're so brazen because they've gotten away with it for decades. You're stupid to them. You're nothing but a commodity to them. You're not a human being. They're better than you. They're smarter than you. They know better than you. That's the way they look at you. I've seen it firsthand. 
how they talk about populations. And I'm like, dude, those are people. Yeah, well, you know, it'll be better for other generations because we need to X, Y, Z. No, it's not. It's not. And the thing is, I was never the one. I just take orders. The things that... But, you know, I did my cog and uh, and my job, I guess, <laughs> and I realized that 12 years ago was to just observe and do what I can. You know, I couldn't hold my tongue. I got, I got spanked by my friends, by my group. I got spanked. Why did you? I just couldn't. And I'm lucky that I survived the last thing that, you know, Brennan put on my plate. I'm lucky I survived it. I'm very lucky I survived it because I could tell you I was actually terrified. Near-death experience wasn't as terrifying as what he put me through because he, I saw what he did. And I'm like, seriously. And now 12 years later, I see that he did far more than just that. But this is how they do it. They ensure that they have you in a box. They put you in that box. You think Elizabeth Warren really wants to destroy the nation? Let's be honest. Let's be completely. No. And, you know, being a woman, you know, look at her. You could see behind her eyes. She doesn't want to do this, but she's doing it. She's being forced to do it. So you could just imagine what they got on her. You could just imagine what they have on her. And, you know, to self-preserve, she's going to stick to it. You know what? How many of you out there, if one of these clowns that they put forward came out and said the truth, would you hate them for what they did? Or would you applaud them for saying, wow, you are really not nicely human being, but you've repented and you took that and, and told us, thank you, right? Wouldn't they be thanked? This is a message we should tell them, come clean, man. The, 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 the truth hurts only once and you can save a nation. You'll go down in history as someone that was corrupted by this, 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 this. But when it mattered, you spoke up. When it matters, you should be speaking up. You shouldn't be sitting on your butt, letting people burn. You shouldn't be saying, oh, that's such a shame. That it's happening to you. Hmm. Well, what are you doing about it? Have you written a letter, I don't know, to the courts? Have you sent out a FOIA? Have you complained? Have you said something? No. So what did you do about it? Self-preservation, right? That's what it is. Self-preservation. So this is where we're at. They've conditioned you to be scared to stand up for the truth and what's right. But people like Elizabeth Warren, like Swallowell, like, 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 can come out and say, you know what? I'm so corrupt. Like, I let all these illegal migrants pass through. Pelosi has been using my property to move her containers, you know, and this is how we do trades, and this is how we're giving arms to the cartels. This is how we're doing it. Uh, you know, the cocaine, uh, we're running it out of this city now. I mean, Colorado kind of fell flat, so we moved it over here. You know, these are, these are things, like, if they came out and said it, they would be seen as a infamous hero the corrupt guy that came out and spoke why won't they do it self-preservation so maybe if we condition people to start speaking up more and telling them that you will be applauded rather than that maybe that can play to their crazy ego because that's what we need right now someone that has a crazy ego that will that will bend the knee to good anyway take a listen to this uh uh, nice exchange that we see here. And boy, am I hating Fox every single day, more and more. Congressman from that great state, Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. You know, you've kind of been talking about this for a, a long time. It now looks, now that we've seen the documents with our own two eyes, it looks mm -hmm. like somebody at the FBI and the Department of Justice was out to get Flynn, yeah. get him 
essentially entrap him, have him tell a lie, charge him on that, prosecute him on that so that they could get rid of him and embarrass the Trump administration. Yep. A gut punch just at the time of the inauguration. Yeah, no, no. It was worse than we thought. Remember what happened here, Steve. The FBI in 2016 spies on two American citizens associated with the Trump campaign. For one of those citizens, they go to the secret court, the FISA court. They take the now famous dossier, the dossier they knew was salacious and unverified, the dossier that they knew was not was not true. They use that as the basis to get the warrant to spy on one of these individuals. They don't tell the court that the dossier is Russian disinformation. They don't tell the court that it was paid for by the Clinton campaign. And they don't tell the court the guy who wrote it, Christopher Steele, had already told the Justice Department he was desperate to stop. Trump. And now we learn they go after Mike Flynn and set him up just days into the new administration. What I want to know is why didn't Bob Mueller tell us this? Remember, in May of 2017, when Bob Mueller's name special counsel, we were told this is the greatest guy who's ever come to Washington. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's the most honest guy since George Washington. Why didn't he tell us this? And maybe more importantly, where's Christopher Ray? Why didn't we learn any of this from him? Thank goodness for Sidney Powell and Bill Barr. We would have never got this information. True. So let me ask you, when you look at these underlying documents that Sidney Powell requested that the attorney general Sessions didn't, uh, that a bar has been offensive where Sessions seemed to be catatonic. I don't know what he was doing. Do you wonder, did Mueller have these documents? And what makes me think he does is because he discovered that Strzok was having an affair with Page and said, these guys got to go because of these text messages. How did he not see these other documents when they were actually working? Great question, Brian. I have no idea. Bob Mueller had 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, $30 million in two years to do this. Mm -hmm. And we're just now learning it. Thank goodness Bill Barr put U.S. Attorney Jensen in charge of this to go back and look at the Mike Flynn situation. And again, thank goodness that that Sidney Powell has been pushing for this or we wouldn't get this information. And again, I come back to why didn't we learn this from Chris Ray? Chris Ray testified in front of the Judiciary Committee two months ago in February. And he told us with this whole FISA process, you can all sleep well at night. We got it all under control. Well, guess what? We just learned this information about General Flynn. And just as importantly, Mr. Horowitz told us just four weeks ago, he's looked at 29 FISA applications, random sample of 29 FISA applications where American citizens have been spied on. And he found that in every single one, there were major problems. In four of those 29, they couldn't even find the Woods file, which is the underlying file they keep of the evidence that they then take to the to the FISA court. In four of those cases, they couldn't even find the Woods file. And the FBI director is telling us, oh, we can all sleep well at night. This, I mean, again, if they can do this to uh, a three-star general, if they can do this to the president of the United States, imagine what they can do to you and me. And more importantly, imagine what they can do to the 750,000 people I get the privilege of representing in the 4th District of Ohio. That is what's so troubling about all this. And Christopher Wray needs to to tell us what he's been up to this two and a half years that he's been director of the FBI. Yeah, you're right. Take politics out of this. This is a man's life. This is a general who falls just a general what about all the other people but yeah what about ray let's put it this way ray can't expose uh information that he may have he can't because if there's closed grand jury things and you know the democrats get their hands on it they mitigate we can't taint the jury pool the grand jury pool we can't let them know what we're doing so in that sense just um you know see it from that perspective
country for for three decades has a, has two kids has a family this has cost him millions of dollars in attorney fees and he did tweet out the picture of the american flag as to say the truth will set that. you free finally justice in this you mentioned that sydney bar uh, sydney powell and bill barr thankfully they they're bringing light to all of this and america will know the truth but also thank goodness for this guy who wrote down who wrote down these notes if he was asking questions like, are they asking me to lie? Because why would you write that down? And he put question marks on the end of these sentences. Is that what they're asking me to do? Almost to say, I'm sitting in a room with my boss. They're telling yep. me that I have to go and do this, and I don't agree with it. I want a paper trail. What do you think? Well, well, first of all, you're right. The vast, vast majority of FBI agents and, and personnel are, are fighting hard for the American people every day. But They are, but they stayed silent, too. But the people at the top, remember what Bill Barr said a year ago. He said there was a failure of leadership at the upper echelon of the FBI. That's maybe the greatest understatement ever. Comey, McKay, Baker, Strzok, Page. I mean, of course there was a failure of leadership. All these people have been fired or let go of the FBI. They're the ones who coordinate this thing. So that's where the problem was. We don't need just the coordinators. We need the people that actually sat there and let it happen to. So, you know, I'm going to turn over to Laura Ingram and see how she soft enters this. Just, just, just listen. That former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn was set up. Who he was set up by? Jim Comey. Handwritten notes unsealed late tonight show the FBI discussed using their January 2017 interview with Flynn, quote, to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. In other words, to entrap him and then ruin his career. And then, of course, later on, get at Trump. Well, the handwritten notes end with this intriguing little snippet. If we're seen as playing games, the White House will be furious. Joining me now is Congressman Devin Nunes, House Intel Committee Ranking Member, and Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. Congressman, let's start with you. We've seen a lot of abuse over the past three years. You've been digging into this and digging into it. But this has to be one of the more egregious abuses of power, uh, given how this we know this thing went down now. Your thoughts? Well, clearly, General Flynn is going to have a civil rights case, and I think it's going to cost the government uh, millions of dollars. Uh, secondly, hopefully, there's going to be some prosecutions uh, for this matter. And the judge really has an opportunity here to step in and sanction these lawyers. So, And, and with all that said, Laura, uh, we brought you this. The House Republicans brought you uh, just a snippet of this information back in 2018. Uh, we were mocked. We were told it was a joke. Well, now all of a sudden you realize that what we told you at that time, not only was it true, we didn't even know the half of it. And even right now, we you don't even have the half of it. There's more. No, there's more. There's more. And Tom Finn so well with his judicial watch exposed some of these emails. The question is, you know, how is Joe Biden running when he was part of this, when he gave the order? I mean, this is how you remove him. He was part of that group, part of that conversation, how to stop President Trump, how to remove and to execute the final blow for the coup. And so did, uh, you know, our chief justice of the Supreme Court. So all of this is going to be coming to light soon because the think of it this way. Jim Comey doesn't act on his own. He's not rogue. He answers to someone. And that someone, right, was Barack Hussein Obama. His little, uh, let's reopen on Hillary Clinton was just like Lindsey Graham pulling out that fake sword and dying on it, right? 
this this was it. This was him saying, oh, look, I'm for the people. I have to. But, you know, we're going to plow through almost a million emails in 24 hours and then close it again. Come on, man. This was your way of saying, look, I'm willing to do this, President Trump. Don't fire me. Don't look my way. I'm your friend. And it's like, what a loser move. We could all see it. What a loser move. And we hate Comey. We love Comey. Look at how fast they hate and they love. Um, but it's all going to come out. Joe Biden knew. Barack Hussein Obama knew. Clapper knew. McCord knew. Carlin knew. The judges knew. The judges knew. Everybody and their mother knew. And they're so stupid. They even have emails coordinating this big, massive meeting a couple days before Obama was kicked out of the White House by the people. And you're going to say, but it was two terms done. Um, I'm sorry. Weren't they discussing him getting a third term? Oh, they were testing the waters to see how they can uh, delay the inauguration or annul the elections and keep him on all while you were sleeping. So. Imagine if they did that to the general, if they did that to the president, how many of us are getting it? I mean, I know I'm on the receiving end, not at the rate that they are, but hey, if they could, they would have. On that note, I want to wish everyone a fabulous evening. God bless. Don't forget to file for your extended unemployment. I'm still waiting for it to open up and let me do it. Much love from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. God bless.